Welcome to the End Times Chat. Our passion is found in the words of Jesus. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Each week, you will hear news from around the world that will urge you to wake up to these events to make you knowledgeable about what the Bible says about them. Join GJ and Dan in the conversation. Working for the kingdom. Hey, I like that. Is that, wait, is that a... Uh... It's a kingdom hat. It's not a March to a billion hat because somebody stole it. <laughs> running around Dallas. Who's running around Dallas? With my March to a billion hat. Oh, man. Keep on marching if you've got it on because <laughs> you're going to be marching for a while. March right into the kingdom. With a billion people. So, hey, look at that. March to a billion. Whoa. Hey, this is endtimes.chat. Whoa. Exciting, exciting updates for everyone. GJ, tell us about the updates. Well, we're working on the updates to the site, endtimes.chat. However, I've had a little bit of technology issues thanks to... Whoa. Careful. Someone else. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> so if, you, if you've been going to the podcast platforms or whatever, you might not have the most up-to-date until now. So oh, no, uh, They're up-to-date. Just the wrong site. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. What are we going to do? A come on, man segment? We should. We should do a come on, man segment. <laughs> we might get booted off of Facebook before two weeks from now, but actually it's one week from now. We can't talk Whoa. about it. Whoa. We can't talk about it, but it's one week from now. Yes. Yes. There's a wave of coming. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> hey, Dan, how are Whoa, there's the site. Oh, my gosh. Hey, scrolling down to the... Oh, there's the updated photo. Look. I know. I love that photo. I need to get that updated photo. But scroll down to where am I scrolling down to the newest episode? Right there. There's uh, so we'll always have the newest episode right there. And and we always have the video file and the audio file. That one does not have the audio file because I just got it about two seconds ago, thanks to Dan Crystal, smartest man alive. I'm happy to help. We had a failure to communicate. If you go back to the main site, we got some good news. Keep scrolling the other way, the other way. Hey, 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 hey. We added, we added a couple more platforms. Woo, Rumble. We have Rumble up there. We have the latest video on Rumble. And we also uploaded our trailer that you hear every single week, but with the voiceover from yours truly. Uh, Telegram, social. You know, on Rumble... There's a button where you can sync with YouTube and it will grab all the active videos. I, you know what I did know? I did, I did know that, but I didn't want to lose the monetization. I'm not sure how that's going to work, but we'll figure that out. That part, I don't know, but keep scrolling. Keep on scrolling. Scroll on down by the river. Hey, 
Whoa! 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 Sponsor. Basically fit and free. And we're going to go to that site. Check it out. Healthy body, healthy spirit, healthy mind. That is awesome. Get your products. Get your products, everyone. By the way, Alita and I have been on these products mm, at least six months, probably eight months. And they they may not be the sexiest products as far as you know what it looks like. However, they work. So I'm not trying to throw any shade. The products work. The products work. The products work. Hey, if they work, they work. Faithfullyfitandfree.com. Our new sponsor. Whoa. Woo. We can put them on here. Hey, we probably could. You know, we actually have another sponsor we haven't really talked about. Target on my back. If you'd give me the stuff, I'd put it on the site, bro. Targetonmyback.org. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How come I don't have the uh, info? Uh, because all you need is this right here, targetonmyback.org. Yeah, I-, I will actually put that on the site. That's right. They are a sponsor of ours. And if you scroll through, we have this really amazing uh, song that's uploaded on there called, what is it called? The American Way. American Way, yes. Great group of people that I know personally. You can find out a little bit more about that. But back to Faithfully Fit and Free. Hey, this is uh, this is well done, man. This is a well done site. And I did get a chance to look through. Love it. We have Royal Body Care. So if you want to feel royal. So that mean I got to put on my purple? You have to put on your purple. And all the pills and all the powders are purple. That's not true. I can't say that. <laughs> I think they're green. <laughs> I think they're green, but that's okay. Anyway, enough commercial time. We are thanking our generous sponsors, and we are so grateful that we're up on more platforms, and we really believe that we're going to be up on more and more platforms. Just in case we get booted off of anywhere, you can always find us at endtimes.chat. Correct. Endtimes.chat. GJ. The expansion. I love it. And you know what? It all took off when... When you got involved, I'm just saying. What are you talking about? You are a mover and a shaker. You're the moviest mover and the shakiest shaker I have ever met. How about a little shimmy? <laughs> a little shimmy and a shake. <laughs> little shimmy and a shake. All right, we're gonna we got to get moving here. All right, we have a we actually have a lot to talk about. Do we? And we do. We do. We absolutely do. We always do, even though you don't find out about it until the day of. But. <laughs> for some reason you post a lot and you just don't remember that you posted it no what i don't know is are you going to share it that's what i don't remember or no there are some things on the last recent week that i probably won't share that is correct that is correct oh there were some really really cool things on there so if you want to find out about them you got to go to telegram to end times chat on telegram which you can find if you go to this site all the way down here at the bottom. Boom, there's Telegram oh. right over there, right there. So you can go to Telegram and find out more about what that's all about. But we do have quite a bit to share. But I do want to find out, how are you doing, man? Tell everybody what's just, give a, give us a 30-second to one-minute flyover of G.J. Reynolds and his last week. I've really been struggling because I couldn't connect to the Dropbox. 
to grab the files. So it's been a very hard week for me to. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. And only Dan knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> I know this is a public show. <laughs> we had a we had a failure to communicate. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. A lot, a lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. That there are. It's all good. How about you? Smartest man alive. Hey, mover shaker. That's what you are. You're the movie, moviest mover, shakiest shaker. <laughs> I'm going to pen that one. That's going to be my saying for you. When you do your new reel? Yeah, right? I haven't done that reel yet, but I definitely intend on doing it. So here's the, here's the deal. Uh, it's 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 we're cranking out work right now like there's no tomorrow i've got the office where i work i've got my ethics exam coming up for law it's called the npre that's actually in less than two weeks as of yesterday is it was two weeks and then i have to finish i have to graduate so that's coming up in six weeks and then i got to take the bar so i mean there it's a lot it's a lot and I'm not really sure how I'm even sitting up straight right now because I had a nice late night last night, finished up a major project, and I'm here today. But don't cry for me, Argentina, because... I am crying. I am crying. But you're not Argentina. No, but I'm crying. We're spilt milk. By the way, when do you, when do you actually take your finals? Finals are middle of December, and the bar is the end of February. So I'm going to be... Pretty much only studying and doing this show for two months straight. <laughs> I got to save that time. I got to save that time. We're not going to give up on this. In any event, yeah, we've, uh, we've got a lot to cover today. And I want to get to the worshiping at the throne section because, uh, you know, sometimes we share a lot of heavy stuff, right? We share a lot of heavy stuff on the show and a lot of heavy news. And today is no different. We've got some of that stuff going on. But at the same time, we also want to bring you some good news and the good news about Jesus and about the throne of God and what that means. We've been talking about it for the last several weeks. Today, we're going to talk about worshiping at the throne of God. So that being said, we have to, we have to, we have to move on. Look at this. Look at this. Earth news. DJ, I think you posted this. Never saw it in my life. <laughs> I'm not sure if I did or not. I don't, I don't. No, I don't. I didn't. I did not post it. Never seen it. All I do know is that it's very dry here in Nebraska. It's rained like twice in the last three and a half months. That's it. Does it normally rain a lot more at this time of year? Yes. And by the way, the crops are horrible this year. Worst crops since 2012. Well, according to this article. Oh, look at that! That's 2012 down there. Scroll it up, bro. Right there. That's right. It's on par with 2012, which 2012 was, according to the Mayan calendar, the last year that we were supposed to be on Earth. But we're still here. The Mayans were wrong. They were wrong. They were wrong. But more than six of every 10 inches in the continental United States is in drought, which are acres, not inches. (laughs) More than six of every 10 acres in the continental U.S. is in drought. And that goes from the Pacific Coast all the way to the Appalachian Mountains. Appalachian Mountains are west of Maryland and go kind of right through that section of uh, Maryland and Pennsylvania and Virginia. And it's, we're just in a, in a major drought, which 
you wouldn't think that way when you hear about all the storms. I mean, right now I'm looking outside in California and all of a sudden, for some reason, there's clouds and there's rain expected today. It's kind of random because it's been kind of really sunny, puffy clouds. And now we've got some rain coming. Anyway. It never rained in California. Feels like it, but today it's going to rain. Anyway, so we have these drought conditions, but we also uh, have... Oh, yeah. Check this out. We can't say the word, but... This is, uh, did you see this one? I saw this one last no, night. No, dude, you're bringing up all the good stuff and never seen it. Been holding out. Been holding out. I have been. I just found this late last night. Didn't have a chance to put it in the chat, but this was crazy. Rare blood moon. A rare blood moon lunar eclipse is coming up next week. Next week, November 8th. November 8th. What are the odds? What are the odds of that? I'll tell you what the odds are because this only happens on this date. It only happens every 372 years. The next time this is supposed to happen will be November 8th, 2394. Wow. That's how rare this is that we would on a day like this have this happening. They've been talking about a red and they've been talking about a wave. I'm just saying we're throwing it out there. Interpret it however you want. But just just below, there's a live poll. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 yeah. Keep that off. Scroll yeah, on we, up. Go, go back to the moon. Go back to the moon. Back to the moon. <laughs> but in Joel chapter 3, verse 4, it says, The sun shall turn into darkness and the moon into blood. And that's talking about in the last days. Because Joel is the book of the Bible, which is a minor considered a minor prophet. And in his book, in his letter that he wrote down, he actually said, hey, in the last days, young men will see visions, old men will dream dreams. I've been dreaming a lot of dreams recently, so apparently I'm getting old. And he said, my spirit will report out on all flesh. And so there is, and that's where a lot of people get the whole end time revival coming. And I do believe that that's a very, a very strong possibility and definitely going to happen. But in my mind, strong possibility, but I think it's definitely going to happen. That's what I meant to say. But anyway, so we, we don't know, but let's talk to the young people. Oh, that's me. Oh, yeah. You see visions. Okay. I saw, no, I don't see visions. Well, yeah, sometimes I do. Uh, actually, my, here's my question. How many red blood moons have we had since 2017? A lot. It feels like it's been a lot. Yeah. Hold on. Go ahead and keep on talking while I look that up. I mean, I, I, up until 2017, I'd heard about the red blood moons. I heard that they were going to happen. I think there might have been one in 2015. But, you know, there's just been hardly any talk about it or seeing them. And now all of a sudden in five years, how many have we had? Seems like a lot. Here's, I just found this. This is uh, readyandwatching.com. And these were the significance of the four blood moons that happened in 2014 and 2015. And it says to date, from one from year one until 2017, there have been what's called 62 tetrads, tetrads that occur on Jewish feast days. It is somewhat rare for all four tetrad blood moons to occur each on Jewish feast days. Only two happened in the 1400s, and the next two happened in the 1900s. So when you dive into this, it's actually pretty crazy what you can find out. There are at least two lunar eclipses uh, that happen every single year. And this is just this is just in a quick little research that I've done just now while we're while we're sitting here online. So look into those blood moons. 
find out how many they are. And I guarantee you, you're going to find some things that are going to shock you. Anyway, so Blood Moon, but it happening next week on November 8th. And it happens to be red. I didn't even think about that until you said it. I know what color I had I'm wearing next week. Purple. Red. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so here's here, just something real crazy. I didn't, we didn't plan this. This is not something we could have planned. But if you go to Israel 365 News, then you'll find a lot of this news that kind of equates things to the Bible and says, hey, maybe this is what it is. They never say, yes, this is what it is. They just say, maybe this is what it is. So I thought that was pretty wild. And then on, on top of that, there, <laughs> you're going to love this one, GJ. I'm just going to let you read that. I'm just going to let you read it. And then, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it right after that. Hey, I'm just glad I'm part of the Dan show today. The Dan show. Hey, watch your language. All right. So go ahead and read this and um, tell me what you think. One of my favorite topics. <laughs> you know, that's right. Planet killer asteroid found hiding. And the sun's glare may one day hit Earth. Let me ref let me say that one more time. Planet killer asteroid found hiding in sun's glare may one day hit Earth. All right, so is it hiding where they can see it, or they is it hiding so they can't see it? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Hey. The, I think they should put the quotes around the word "found" because they they found it. It's not something they knew about. They found it. But it says here at the very very top. Whoa, look at this. Look at this. Whoa. Oh, there's one they missed. Oh, no, that was a while back. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was yesterday. Uh, only about 25 asteroids with orbits completely within Earth's orbit have been discovered to date because of the difficulty of, observe, of observing near the glare of the sun. Which leads me to, to question how many more are out there that we cannot see? Just question. So this particular asteroid that they found, in quotes, is apparently 0.9 miles wide. It's almost a mile wide. It's the largest potentially hazardous asteroid spotted in the last eight years. And astronomers have dubbed it, dubbed it a planet killer. So just to give you the size and scope of that, we actually, several months back, we showed you some videos of what could potentially happen with certain sized asteroids hitting the planet. One of the ones that was a planet killer, which could take out a planet, was just about a mile wide. That's a pretty big asteroid coming to hit Earth. So, of course, now we don't know if this thing's going to happen. No, don't know if it's going to hit Earth. But what it does for me is it points me to the book of Revelation, where it talks about the fact that John sees a mountain coming out of the sky. To me, that's an asteroid. That's an asteroid. To me, that's pretty obvious. Now, you can second guess that all you want, but that's just what I think. Anyway, any thoughts on that, JJ? No, we, I, I agree with you, Captain Obvious. Thank you. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Well, any more Earth news, JJ? Yeah, so why are we talking about this? For those that are just first time there to listening, help them understand why we talk about the sky. Because Jesus said that in the last days there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. So that's why we look up. As a matter of fact, Jesus even tells us that when you see some of these things happen, look up because, as he says, quote, your redemption is drawing near, unquote. So when we look at the signs of what, what is happening around us, we can, actually, we can actually say we may be getting closer to what would be considered the end times, if not already there. GJ, what do you say? Uh, what have you said since the very first show? Two-minute warning. Two-minute warning, bro. 
Time to wake up. Definitely time to wake up. So that's one of the reasons why we right do now. the show right now. Right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> hey, you, did that, you did that good. Hey, I might, do my, I might do my own reel. <laughs> <laughs> Dan mimicking GJ reel. You're going to mimic me, mimic you. That's a great reel. We should definitely do that. Oh my gosh. So we but Jesus also said that there will be wars and rumors of wars as well. So speaking of rumors of wars, I don't know if there are any. Well, we got plenty. Whoa. Yeah. Go ahead and US rushes nuclear warheads to Europe. Russia warns of response. So now US is I don't know if they've actually done it or they they're at least talking about having nuclear warheads in Europe as well as wherever else we have them. And Russia's saying, okay, I'm warning you if you do this. So more flexing. A lot more flexing. This is, there is an article. I can't remember where it is. I'll have to see if I can pull it up in a little bit. But there is a quote of what Putin says. I think it's in one of the next one. Is it this one? Nope, that's not it. That's one of the next ones. Anyway, I think it's at the very end. Thanks for teeing it up. I know what I'm talking about next. Appreciate it. No problem. I'm glad I could help you out. Oh, here it is. I'll just pop this one in there now, and we'll talk about this one. I was going to put this one actually at the very end, but Putin actually gave a speech recently, and he is quoted by saying, no one can sit out the coming storm. Now, what was he talking about? Well, there are six things that he actually talked about in this speech. One was the fact that the West, that would be the United States, Europe, and anybody that is in this area of, well, civilized, the civilized world, I should say. I'm not really sure how to say that, but the West would refer to us in Europe and especially United Kingdom. Stokes conflict to preserve hegemony. He also said rules for thee, but not for me. And saying that the West puts all these rules on everybody else, but hey, we, we don't have to live by them. And cancel culture and canceling culture. I mean, these are all things that he mentioned in his speech. And I have to say, I'm going to explain my confusion in a minute about this, but then I'm going to read this last quote and what I think it means. And Gigi, I can't wait to hear what you think about this. Russia does not seek domination of what Putin is saying. I'm just feeling like that's not all the way true. And he also said that Western hegemony is going to end. It's going to end. What is hegemony? Uh, let's look it up. Look up hegemony. Hegemony is leadership or dominance, especially by one country or social group over others. So it's the Western's dominance in the world. And then he also said what a multipolar world should look like. Now, here's, here's what I wanted to read to you right here. And this is because I want to explain my confusion over this. So I know that Ezekiel, and I was just reading about it again today in Ezekiel. I'm reading through the Bible and I'm in that part of the, of the Bible right now, where Ezekiel continually talks about the armies of the north. And then it also talks about in Revelation, also uh, in Ezekiel 38 as well, that the armies of the north are going to come down and can potentially attack Israel. And not only that, but the battle of Armageddon, we believe, of course, happens during at the end of the tribulation. And those are the armies of the north that are converging. That could be Russia. Ukraine is directly north. Turkey, Turkey is directly north. Iran is northeast. You have China that's also northeast and also east of them. So you've got a lot of different countries that are in that area. And I think that Europe 
will one point come together, at least Eastern Europe will come together under, under one flag or one kingdom. And so it really confuses me when Putin talks about this stuff because it almost sounds like he's saying, look, we need to rid, and I, I saw another article that said we need to rid the West of Satanism, which is really confusing because you, you see that he's doing this, you know that he's the army of the North coming down to attack. It's just all very confusing, right? But then he says something at the very end, and this is, I'll read it to you, quote, verbatim, the future world order is being formed before our eyes. And in this world order, we must listen to everyone, take into account every point of view, every nation, society, culture, every system of worldviews, ideas, and religious beliefs, without imposing a single truth on anyone. And only on this basis, understanding our responsibility for the fate of our peoples and the planet to build a symphony of human civilization. That removed all confusion for me. GJ, what are your initial thoughts after seeing that for the first time? Well, in the end days, there's the convergence of having a one world government, a one world uh, religion, a one world economic, you know, whether it's the, a dollar or whatever, uh, mon- you know, money. All that is converging. So we're seeing it. And even though it's not happening fully at this point, it's definitely t- being talked about. It's been talked about around the world as this is being exemplified we're seeing it in the news both the fake news and the real news so there's this convergence happening and then when you look at all the bullet points those are things that we can all identify with to some degree i mean some of it is for us in the united states of america i mean they're basically talking and casting shade on us uh however we have behaved like this so i don't think it's anybody can say hey you know, it, it just makes sense. And then with this last paragraph, we see that there's the attempt of one world government happening. And then we're also seeing that there's the pushback that's happening as well. And I know there's another article in, that was, and maybe this came from, is a derivative, but where Putin talks about, it gives a, gives a speech and then there's the patriarch ends up gives his point of view so i don't know if you have that one pulled up so what we're seeing is a convergence and it's happening right before our eyes and all these different countries around the world and specifically in this case russia talking about you know here's what's happening and we need to be open to everyone not just the elitist that's what i take from this yeah you were talking about the Pope urging priests and nuns to delete porn from their phones? Is that the one you're talking about? <laughs> that makes me go, uh, no, it was the, uh, I will pull it up actually. <laughs> that one threw me for a loop. Go to Telegram and Times Chat if you want to find out what that's all about. Well, let's talk about it. Why, why is the Pope having to say that? I mean, that, that says a lot right there. Okay, if you're a nun and a priest, move move porn from your phone. Why do you have it on in the first place? Exactly. Yeah, that's my And then for them to actually bring light to this means it's a pretty big problem. That's what I take from that. To say the least. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Well. Up, up. It was, it was an article right above it. 
I'll, I'll just read in in a speech opening the 24th Congress of the World Russian People's Council, Patriarch Kirill of Moscow, head of the Russian Orthodox Church, heaped praise on Putin, calling him a fighter of the Antichrist. He stated that Putin's Russia is fighting against a unipolar world, a manifestation of globalism, of which the essence of this phenomenon is the creation in the world of conditions for the emergence of a sole ruler who will be the Antichrist. And it says things are getting biblical. Yeah, that, that whole thing confused me when he said fighter of the Antichrist. I wasn't sure if he was saying he was fighting against the Antichrist or for the Antichrist. I couldn't really fully understand that. And I went there. I was the same. I'm like, is he with the Antichrist? Is he against the Antichrist? When you read the next paragraph, it says he is. He stated that Putin's Russia is fighting against a unipolar world. So in that case, and then you keep reading down. Okay, w- the essence of this phenomenon is the creation of the world of conditions for the emergency of a sole ruler who will be the Antichrist. I think you could go on either side. If by reading that second paragraph, I believe it's as if he's fighting against the Antichrist. That's why I took it. That's the way it I took it. It could be what? I see somebody could say, well, he might. He, a lot of people think, I've never heard anybody say he is, but I've heard people say he works as if he is. The thing about it, a lot of the people that are saying that, I would say, look at who they are. Are they just casting shade on him or when they're really amongst the Antichrist? Yeah. So let me just speculate here for a minute because this is something that confused Whoa. Yeah, well, I just want to make sure I'm throwing it out there that this is not fact. I'm just kind of processing in my head through what's going on. So we know in Daniel, chapter, one of the t- chapters in Daniel, that there are 10 kingdoms, 10 kings, and that there are three uprooted and one takes their place. And so right now, the way that this Russian People's Council, this patriarch in Moscow is talking, is talking as if, well, Putin is trying to keep the Antichrist from coming on the scene, which is confusing because we know what it says in Ezekiel about the armies of the North. But what if, what if Russia and Putin are one of the three that get uprooted? And then all of a sudden now, this one world leader, the Antichrist, has control over those armies of the North. What would it look like if that were the case? And so that's kind of where I go with this. And I know this is maybe a little bit deeper than most people would understand, but it's one of those things that when you look at the scripture, why we do this show. That's why we do the show to show that we're just as confused as anybody else. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no, but to bring you the news and, and let you see, this is the stuff that's being talked about. But really the one thing that got me was when Putin said, and then this world order, we must listen to everyone taking into account every point of view, every nation, society, culture, every system or worldview without imposing a single truth on anyone. So that's where all my confusion left at that point. And I said, okay, wait a second. It may be that he's trying to come up against some one world leader because he does. He may want to be the one world leader, but he's still saying virtually the same thing about the end times. Is that Christianity, Christians... Jesus being preached as the one and only way will be completely denied and that will not be allowed in his new world order, which is virtually the same thing 
but maybe Putin's just trying to fight against anybody else taking any dominance over him, right? That's what he talks about that word hegemony. So I, yeah, there's, there's something to this. I think we should definitely keep an eye on what's being said here, GJ. What do you think? Well, number one, only God fully knows. Maybe Satan knows, but God definitely knows. So that's number one. Number two is it's playing out right before our eyes. And they're talking about biblical. They're talking about the Antichrist. I mean, these are other countries that are talking about it. So it's, you know, in the 1990s, did they talk about it? Maybe to some degree, but not like they are now. So, I mean, we're literally pulling articles where it's talking about end times. It's talking about biblical. It's talking about the Antichrist. It's talking about the rapture. I mean, and then all these things are being talked about outside of mainstream that's now becoming mainstream. And there's a sign right there. And you can feel it. You can see it. And God says, and I forget which, I need to go find it. There will be perilous times in the end days. Well, we can say, well, there's perilous times in the 1970s. There was not perilous times in the 1980s, the 1990s, the 2000s, perilous times now. What we're seeing is, though, there's perilous times on a global stage right now. And I think if you look in, in the past, you know, three decades, it's been isolated in different parts of the world, not at the same time. Now it's happening on a global scale. Yeah, hands down. There is, let's see. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where to go from here because there's two stories that kind of made me go, hmm. And one of the ones you put just bring them on, bring them on. <laughs> All right, let me and moving on. Uh, wrong song, wrong song. Uh, okay, George. <laughs> that's right. I'll just pop this one up uh, because this is when you posted, and I thought, oh my goodness. That looks apocalyptic, but it also looks like something else. But, GJ, why did you post this in our End Times chat Telegram channel? I posted it because look at that photograph. Now, I don't know anything about the photograph other than, you know, it was in one of the articles I saw. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if it's Photoshopped. I don't know if it's legit. However, it says this happens every five years. And I'm looking at that, so several things. One is, it's perfectly above one of the pyramids in Giza, in Egypt. And then I'm looking at it, it's, it's like the half sun, and that looks very Arabic in the, in the sign. When I see it, it's like, it looks like a, a, an Arabic uh, letter or uh, graphic. And then I'm like, okay... Why is it right there? And so to me, there's something there. I don't know what. And well, sometimes I just feel in my discernment there's something there, even though we may not know what that is. Again, it's another sign. So we talk about looking at the, the earth, the sky, the stars. You know, is that another sign that God's showing us? And is that a sign like, hey, look out or watch out or watch Egypt? So I think sometimes some of these signs or some of these weather patterns that are or volcanic eruptions or earthquakes or whatever that may be, it's happening in an area that God's wanting us to pay attention to. And sometimes it could be because they're doing something wrong or it's shaking it to wake up to turn to me. Those are several things that I see. And anytime I see something like this. 
Yeah, no doubt. And then this other thing just kind of popped up this morning too. I, I wasn't even looking for it, but I'm speaking of the signs in the sun, moon, and stars and how God's trying to potentially communicate to us to pay attention. The oldest known map of the stars, I think you may have posted this one actually, was found. I did, in- I did, I did post it, but take it away. Take it away. It's all you. I didn't read the full article, but I'd love to hear what you had to say about it. The oldest known map of the stars found hidden under Christian text. What I found from the article was, is that there was some, I guess, parchment paper that somebody decided to use to write a Christian book or a Christian text. And underneath of that, they found this map of the stars. GJ, what did, what did you find out about this? I and mean, we can walk through, we can walk through it if you want. Well, a couple of things. And what caught my eye initially is, okay, it's talking about the stars. So we're, again, we're talking about the stars. So it says, pay attention to the sun, moon, and stars. Okay. And, and then we know it goes beyond that. Like, you know, with the mountain coming down from the sky, which we believe will, will be an asteroid, you know, an asteroid or a comet, something of that nature. Uh, however, there was another um, article I posted, and it was about the United States uh, Space Station and how they had to, uh, here I actually have it here, they had to turn on the, fire up the thrusters to move it so it doesn't get in, in debris of the Russian satellite. So what is that? What's going on there? So all these things are up in the sky, and then we're adding more and more satellites, and it's just all these things are happening. So back to this article is, I always find it interesting when they discover something, when they discover it. And so when scholars or, or you know, anybody that's finding some old artifact, how this is being talked about, and even with the, the relevancy of just what it is, and I don't know if it's real or founded or substantiated, but what I do know is that it's another sign that I feel like God is sharing with us. Well, this actually was discovered under the watchful eye of Museum of the Bible. So Museum of the Bible has and probably- we love them. We love them. We know some of those peeps. Absolutely love them. And we know that the Green family had amassed probably one of the largest collection of biblical works ever amassed on the planet in one place. And so they put this on display at the Museum of the Bible literally right in downtown DC, not too far away from the, from the mall of DC, which is where the Space Museum is, the Natural Science Museum, and all those other museums along the, the mallway. It's only two blocks off of that. And it's absolutely amazing what they put together over there. If you get a chance to get there at any time, go ahead and check them out. But it's fascinating some of the things that they've seen and studied. And this is something that they discovered several years ago and are now just coming out with some confirmation of it. So if you want to find out more about this, it's pretty wild. Christians and people were fascinated with the sky and the stars long before we started talking about it on the show. As a matter of fact, there were wise men from the East that came out when Jesus was about a year old because they followed the star. They were looking at the stars and they saw this convergence of something in the stars, found their way right to Jesus to worship him because they knew that he was coming because of the signs and the stars. I, you can't make this stuff up, or maybe you could, but it's unbelievable to me that 
on that very moment that they would find themselves following that star and then find themselves in front of Jesus, who is the only answer for the world. So keep on looking up, folks. There are signs in the sun, moon, and stars. There's wars, rumors of wars. There's pestilences there of, and illnesses of various kinds that are all over the world. These are all signposts. These are all signs that point us right towards the end. So is it the end? Jesus says, no, it's the beginning of the end. So that's what we need to remember. But how long is the beginning of the end? Who knows? We'll find out. Any other thoughts on this, GJ? I just think it's amazing how things are just flowing at an elevated, converging rate on all fronts. So every week, I'm just amazed by it. And going back to, is this, you know, the beginning of the end? You know, regardless of what you believe, at some point, you're going to pass away <laughs> unless you go into the rapture. And I sure as heck believe I'm going in the rapture because I believe I got quite a few years left in me. But whether I do or not, here's what I do know is I'm ready. And my question to you, are you ready? And if you're not sure, we'll talk more about that in a few minutes. And then you can always go to endtimes.chat and to learn more how to be ready so that you can spend eternity in heaven with me and Dan. Hey, I'll be there. I'd love to have you there too. So I had to get over it, but I was <laughs> going to be spending eternity with you. Uh, yeah, you know, well, if you want, you can always go to the other side of heaven if you don't want to be around me. I mean, uh, I'd understand. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you on Spotify and iTunes and listening to our podcast, I just gave a sad face, just so you know. And by the way, I was teasing. It was a joke. It was a joke. I was worried there. However, we will be in heaven. That part is true. Yeah, we will be. We'll be there. Dan's going to be there with me. I need the smartest man alive. Hey, I'd rather be with a mover and a shaker like you. Whoa. That was good. That was good. Thank you very much. So, hey, we... Title to your reel. (laughs) (laughs) So, we have been talking about Revelation chapter 4 and... To me, Revelation chapter 4 encompasses one of the greatest discussions of the throne of God that you'll find anywhere throughout all of Scripture. And by Scripture, I mean the 66 books of the Bible that were canonized back in the 300s uh, with the Council of Nicaea, just for those of you Bible scholars out there that are wondering where I'm getting this from. So the subject matter of this topic today is the worship at the throne. The first question I have for you is, is can you imagine what it would be, what it would be like? And GJ, this is kind of where I want to have some, some kind of back and forth with you on this, because I don't want to just be all teaching. I was watching the last episode and I'm like, man, I had a lot of content last time. I probably should have a little bit more interaction. You did. And here's what happened. Ah, That's harsh. I'm just teasing. teasing. But it was a lot of content. However, it was great content. And some of the key points really came into full focus for me. So I thank you for that after I woke up. After you woke up and I got a chance to listen to it again. <laughs> and I fast forwarded through all the parts I didn't want to listen to. Can you imagine? That was 55 minutes. <laughs> can you imagine what it would be like to actually stand in the throne room of God himself? I mean, just think about it. I mean, I get a little teary. i just thinking about the immensity of that the unfathomable 
I, I just words can't describe it, GJ. I'm having a hard time even trying to describe what it would feel like, let alone what it would look like. So what do you think when you think about standing there in the throne room of God? What emotions does that elicit? What happens when you think about it? Well, last week really got me thinking about this specifically. So I, again, I thank you. Uh, the, you know, reading in the Old Testament where God is with certain individuals. And then when, when he was in the promised land or, or in the wilderness before they went, you know, the, the Israelites went into the promised land and they're wandering around for 40 years, you know, he was there. And, and then the presence, like when Moses went up onto the mountain and the sheer presence and the illumination and the sheer illuminance and power of God was there that, and I, I always think that would be awesome to experience. And then I know there's been certain people that have experienced that. And I'm like, okay, I think whatever we would will experience here on earth is just a fraction. So I don't, I don't think we have the ability to fully understand and we can read about it and we can, you know, understand it to a point. I think the full magnitude is just beyond what any human can, you know, fully gather unless they fully experienced it and uh think about we get to do this on a daily basis you know with complete joy complete happiness complete you know everything that is good with no negative i just think it's 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 an exciting happy time and i think i just think what's the best time in my life that i can remember that i've had those emotions and i'm like that doesn't even tip the scale of what we'll see in heaven. And the feeling that will just come from that. I don't think that when you get to heaven that you lose all emotion. As a matter of fact, I think that all of our positive emotions are heightened and all of the emotions that are, I'd say, negative, like sadness and anger and frustration, I think those will all kind of subside. But I think that everything else will be heightened. The question is, is what is before the throne? Well, verses five and six of Revelation chapter four tell us that there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne. And it even tells us that they are the seven spirits of God. And that before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. Not Dan Crystal, but crystal. (laughs) I knew I'd get your attention on that one. So I just want to stop here for a second and just remind everyone, I'm not sure who's, who's been listening for all these years, but my wife had a vision years and years and years ago, and she remembers it as clearly as she did then, uh, now as she did then. And she actually tried to draw it out for me. And she, this is before she had done any real study in Revelation at all. And she said, I had this vision. It was amazing. There was this am- the massive throne. The colors all around it were absolutely incredible. Rainbow, which we talked about last week. and she said there was this, it looked like glass all around it. And I said, do you realize what you're describing right now? And she said, no, I don't, I don't know. I said, I, let me turn to Revelation chapter four. I'm getting service thinking about it. And let me explain this to you. You just described what John was seeing in Revelation. Now, mind you, she was a teenager, late teens, early twenties when she had that vision. And she's describing to me what I had been reading about. And I was like, man, I wish I had had an opportunity to see what she saw. She said, there's nothing that I can do. She wrote, she actually drew it in pencil, not even in color. Cause she said, I can't 
there's no way I could even try to capture the color. I'll just leave it up to the imagination. I'll just draw it in pencil. So in black and white on the page, she drew this massive sea of glass, these seven lamps of fire, and this amazing throne that had these colors of, rain, of the rainbow all around it. As a matter of fact, we were talking to Journey this past week, and Tanya ordered online a prism because Journey was just said, hey, how do, how do the colors of the rainbow happen? And I'm thinking, this. first of all, she's a five-year-old, for crying out loud. She's five years old, and she's asking how the colors of the rainbow happen. And so Tanya starts describing light and what happens when colors of light get together and what it does. So she decided to buy a prism. So she bought these two prisms, which if you shine light in certain different areas of the prism, you can see all the colors of the rainbow. So it's, it's actually pretty cool. So she got this to show Journey. And so what, what it reminded me of, which is, you can't make this stuff up. She just ordered it this past week, and we're talking about the throne of God and the rainbow and the mess of colors all around it in the last two weeks. So what are the seven lamps of fire? The seven lamps of fire are the seven spirits. There's your sign. There's your sign. Are the seven spirits of God. And the seven spirits of God are actually mentioned previously in Revelation 1, 4, 3, 1. And again, in Revelation 5, 6, the seven spirits are the seven angels who stand before God, ready to do his bidding. We see them again in Revelation chapter 8, verse 2, which we'll get to those chapters later on in our, in our study, where John says, I saw the seven angels who stand before God. So these seven angels, the seven lamps of fire, are the seven spirits of God, the seven angels that he sends out. They're ready to do his bidding at any moment, at any time, and they will move in an instant when God commands it. Now, that's all I'll say about that until we get to those other passages later. But I do want to talk about the sea of glass. The sea of glass, again, and this time, was mingled with fire. And John saw the tribulation believers standing on the sea of glass, having harps in their hands, and they were singing praise to God for his judgment and power. I'm just think about that. I try to even picture that what it sounds like. Well, first of all, Siri's talking, I'm getting echoes everywhere. And every just around this time frame, this always happens. We're gonna bind the enemy in Jesus' name. It's done. We need to hear about this. So they were singing praise to God for it. And power. In Exodus 24:10, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, and 70 elders of Israel received a similar manifestation of the presence of God. And they saw the God of Israel, and there was under his feet as if it were a paved work of sapphire stone. And it was like the very heavens in its clarity. There's not much more I can say about the state of glass, other than the fact that. It's hard to picture, it's hard to imagine, but this is something that we understand not only from the Old Testament, but from also John the Revelator seeing this future. And now, and then also from my own wife that sees this vision when she's in her late teens, early 20s. This is something that God really wants us to understand, I think, that this sea of glass, which is in the throne room of God, can house and, and people that are in the tribulation, the tribulation believers, as it says, will be standing on that sea of glass, praising God because of his judgment and his power, because he has vindicated them. He's vindicated all of us that are believers from the enemy who is defeated, is done, it's all done. And because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of what God has done with his judgment and power, that's what elicits what Revelation 4, 8 through 11 talks about, which is the worship 
of all those that are in heaven. 14 times in this one chapter, chapter four, the word throne appears. Not only is Revelation a throne book of the Bible, but as I mentioned before, Revelation four is the throne chapter of the Bible. It centers in the exaltation, the lifting up, the worship of God the Father, and climaxes with the worship of all the heavenly creatures. Now, Revelation 4 points out that there are, that there are some living creatures. What this does, the worship of all those in heaven, what it does is it has a continual response from the other creatures that we, and, the, and the elders that we talk about in Revelation chapter 4. There is four living creatures. We talked about this last week. And we talked about what that was. But verse 8 says that they do not rest day or night in their praise and worship of the Lord. It is a continual response. So what do these creatures say? They say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. These creatures worship and praise the Lord for three basic things. His holiness, his power, and his eternal nature and plan. And like the seraphim or the angels of Isaiah 6.3, these four creatures proclaim the holiness or the separateness of God. The repetition of the word holy might be for added emphasis, or it might suggest the trinity or the triunity of God. He is one God, but exists as three persons. Holy, holy, holy. Well, God is holy in two ways. He is separate from all that he created and is not to be identified with the physical and material universe. He is also separate from sin. The holiness of God emphasizes both his transcendence as well as his moral purity. In referring to God as Lord God Almighty, these creatures speak of his mighty power, which shall be uniquely displayed on earth during the tribulation period. Revelation eleven seventeen and 15 verses 3 and 4. The worship of those in heaven seems to focus on the holiness and the power of God exalting his attributes and his actions. These four living creatures praise God for his eternal nature and plan by calling him who was and is and is to come. He is the eternal God living, governing in past, present, and future history. These same words are applied to Jesus Christ in Revelation 1 verse 8, establishing his identity as, the, as God the Son. Now, why, why do these creatures say what they do? One motive is certainly to recognize the greatness and worthiness of the one they are praising. Why should we praise the Lord? Well, because he alone is worthy of such worship and praise. These creatures give glory and honor and thanks to God the Father as a habit of life. This is an incredible example that these heavenly beings are to all of us. That suggests a second motive, though, which is to reveal to us what we should do. The 24 elders that are mentioned there, not just the four creatures, but the 24 elders represent the completed church in heaven and their actions help all of us to know how we should respond as believers. We are to worship the Lord and to give him honor, glory, and thanks as a habit of life. Whenever the four living creatures give worship to God, the 24 elders respond. Now, I'm kind of wondering right now, GJ, if I should just stop there and we'll pick it up next week. Because I think that we have quite a bit more that we could share on that. Well, there's a lot of great insight here. And I know for a brand new believer or somebody like reading the Revelation for the first time, it can be like, what the heck? I just know you do a great job of explaining 
And I, I challenge anyone to dive into the Bible and, and read this. And, and God's going God's gonna to bring what you need to know or what you need to see or what you need to hear to the forefront for you. And again, you talk about seven a lot. So good old Papa Reynolds, seven means perfection. So there's a lot of perfection going on. And then when you talk about the seven spirits of God and what God is like, you know, God created us in his image. And we, like you said, we have a lot of those, we have a lot of attributes that God has. And, you know, as a parent, as a father, I mean, I'm sure you've had this challenge where, you know, your children didn't always listen to you. I know it's happened, it's happened to me and you still love them. And sometimes they, they make a choice that you disagree with. However, you still love them. And God still loves you. God loves you. God created you. God created you in his image, and he wants you to come closer to him. And if you're watching this, <laughs> you're coming closer. Whether you want to or not, you're doing it. And so God wants to give you new life. And on the um, chapter, chapter 5, verse 6, And I behold, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, and my dad wrote in there, Jesus, so Jesus is the lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns, seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. So God is asking you to, to come closer to him. And, and it doesn't matter what you've done or where you're at in life, God will forgive you. Uh, God is a God of grace. And I know a lot of times people make, you know, God's done all these mean things or whatever. I mean, if you look at what he's done, it was really get people's attention. And right now he's asking for you to, to pay attention. And what does that mean? You know, if you're at this point, God's asking you to turn to him in all ways. And maybe you've already done this, you know, and sometimes you got to recommit. Sometimes you got to reevaluate, whether, it, whether it's an individual or a business or whatever it may be. Sometimes you just got to take a step back and reevaluate. So God's asking you to take a step back and reevaluate and now come closer to him. And we don't know where we're at in the end days. We just, you know, Dan and I both believe that we're very close. We're in that two minute warning. As I have shared over and over and over, I just know that whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, here's what I know. At some point, your life and my life is going to end. Could it go in the rapture or could it go some other way? Could it be could due to illness, disease? Could it be ran over by a mo, you know a motorcycle or a car or whatever? Where are you going to spend eternity? And when Dan explains some of these things about heaven, it's a place to embrace and it's a place to want to be versus here. And I know everybody that I talk to, well, I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready to die. I'm not ready to, to I got too much to want to do. Great. God wants to use that. However, we're not in control of all those things other than being obedient and saying yes to him, or we can say no. And I know spending eternity is a much better place than spending eternity in hell. So if you're at that point right now and you're unsure what to do or you're unsure what, how you're going to spend eternity, let's, let's be sure. Let's, let's make sure we are clear. Let's make sure you are ready. As the our initial trailer starts off every week, are you ready? And I know Dan's ready, 
and I know I'm ready, and we want you to be ready as well, and we want you to help other people as well. So all you have to do is acknowledge that Jesus is the only way to the Father. He is the Lord and Savior. You ask him into your heart. You ask him to forgive you of your sins, and you ask him to renew you, and ask him to help guide and lead you to the purpose that he laid upon you. And you may be on purpose. You may not be on purpose. God has a purpose for you. And it's much better than whatever it is you have right now. I guarantee it. And every time I try to fight it, God had to show me his way was the best way and really the only way. So Dan's going to lead us in prayer and we'll close this out. We thank for tuning in. Well, so grateful for another opportunity to share about what God's doing and what God has done and what he will do. And just being able to share a little bit of positive in this whole thing about the fact that we can be with Jesus and God, our Father in heaven, worshiping him. And the response of these creatures that are and these 24 elders that are in front of him day in and day night, um, day in and day out, it just is phenomenal to me. And what I encourage you to do when you pray with me right now, to receive Jesus, if you haven't done it already, or even to rededicate your life to him, or even just be reminded that you can live a life, a habit of life right now that is in constant praise to God because of what he's done. It's because of what he did for you and I, what Jesus did for you and I. He came to the cross, he came to this earth, he grew, he was raised in a perfect sinless life, died on a cross willingly so that we could have a relationship with his father and with him. And so that we could live with him forever. And he is there interceding, he's praying, he's mentioning us by name to his father on a daily basis, saying, be with them, give them strength. I'm not sure about you, but I want that in my life. And if that's you, and if you want that in your life, all you have to do is say this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, we love you so much. We are so grateful for an opportunity to come before you and pray this prayer yet again. For those that are listening, Lord, that in their heart, there, there's a tug and there's a impressing on their heart that you're opening their eyes to something that they have been wanting for a long time and they didn't even know it, or you're helping them to see the truth through the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, let them pray this prayer right now. Dear Jesus, you are the Son of God, came to take, that had come to take away the sin of the world. You died on the cross for my sin so that I might have life. Lord, I accept your forgiveness. I receive your forgiveness, and I ask you to come and live in my heart and teach me all the things that you taught. Help me to live this life with boldness as a believer in you and to share this testimony to others so that they can come to know you as well. Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Boom. Boom. All right, well, it's time to go. Time to go. God bless everybody. DJ, we love you guys. And we will see you next week. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to End Times Chat with GJ and Dan. If you decided to follow Christ, email us at endtimeschat at gmail.com. We would love to hear your story. Tune in next time for more. And don't forget to pray, prepare, protect, proclaim, pray again, persist, persevere, and pass it on. God bless. We'll see you next time.